Welcome to a very, very, very special episode of the EPL Boys. Uh, my name is Matt, as always, with my best friend through the internet, JD. JD, we are 250 episodes old. Um, I think that's the China anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm hoping you got me something nice, because I've made are, a hell of a dinner. Are we old enough to drink yet? I genuinely don't think that was ever, like... Because Something I've been we, do, I've been doing it regardless, but yeah, it, you know, JD's that cool kid. He's like 16 years old, but he's like my parents buy me alcohol, so I hell yeah, so I smoke can do what I want. Smoking cigs just on school property. I have stories about that, but I choose not to say that on the podcast. But JD, we have no live things to talk about in the world of the English Premier League, um, so we are deciding to celebrate it. 250 episodes we decide we're going to celebrate with some of our best pals that we have met along the way on this wonderful journey this awesome podcast that we've started the the numbers are growing the listeners are growing the downloads are growing and we want to celebrate with some people who have been with us since day one so may i introduce back to the podcast justin from dupe by the river podcast our favorite yeah, I want to say favorite. I want to say favorite, but like, can I really it's have a favorite. favorite? Can I have a favorite Philadelphia Union podcast? Like, can I? Um, I mean, I mean, you I mean, can, it, but the answer will be ours. Uh, I think. I think technically, EPL Boys is probably number two. I don't want to ever hear that ever <laughs> said out loud ever again. Can't From, confirm or deny that, but you know, if 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 if, if the EPL Boys uh, poll uh, is EPL Boys the number two Union podcast. Uh, it's, I don't, it's possible I, we can put I, that poll up i don't want to i don't want to be here anymore and we are like five minutes in uh from the world of twitch our favorite streamer of the worst soccer game ever created dom welcome back dom to the podcast Hello. uh how terrible is the new game tell me it's terrible tell me i it's just downloaded worst. it today tell me it's, it's the uh, worst thing it's better but it's also worse at the same time if that can be possible you can't defend in it you can't defend yeah, yeah, it, it's it's bad. I was I, I literally almost texted you the other day. I'm so glad you did not buy this game. <laughs> yeah, I just no. bought it today. I literally yeah. just downloaded it. Just don't play online, JD. Play against the computer, you'll be fine. Do I got it? I got it for pro clubs. I I got it for pro clubs because oh, you're playing on my pro clubs team. Same. Yeah, I I genuinely was just like nothing about the game was fun towards the end and i'm glad i walked away from it but dom literally sent me a screenshot today like usually they wait until like the end of the season to like come up with the crazy fun hat like hilarious cards but there's literally already a olivier Giroud goalkeeping card and i'm just like it's a team of the week it's a team of the week it's not a promo card it's a team of the week but he played five minutes he played five minutes as goalkeeper that means that's it's funny no, it's and, and he made a huge save and kept a clean sheet. I'm sorry. What has Onana done for you lately? I uh, we are we, we are getting there. Okay, <laughs> we are getting there because I'm. I, I'm I gonna... mean, I mean, JD 
I'm a goalie, and I've made a save with my face, and it's typically not the thing you usually lead with. It's like the last resort. Super effective, though. And finally, I want to introduce our best pal, Connor from the Soccer Heads FC podcast. Connor, thank you once again for joining us. It is always a pleasure when you grace our screen. Thank you for having me. Congratulations to you guys for 250. Uh, we've been doing Soccer Heads for just about the same time you guys have been, and I think we're like at half that number. So that just shows your guys' dedication and consistency. So props to that. Thank you. I'm going to cry. And self-masochism, um, probably. Yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just to show how like mind numb I am to this process at all, I literally pulled out like my notebook where I keep all my notes for EPL boys episodes and stuff like that, and I actually started writing down like topics to talk about if it was just JD and I, not remembering <laughs> that I'm literally on a call with five, four other people. Um, so yeah. Um, I'm numb. This is just what I do on Mondays and Thursdays. This is JD has tortured me to the point where I'm basically like Pavlov's dog, where he just rings a bell and I salivate. Like, <laughs> look, look, Matt acts like he didn't beg me to join this fucking podcast. <laughs> that's back when soccer was fun, JD. Okay, <laughs> soccer hasn't been fun for a while. Okay, if, if I... anybody new is listening, the story of Matt joining this podcast. So the original, my original co-host, um, I applied. I just want to be very clear. He, 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 he Matt had a Matt had an uh, an MLS podcast, and it was God. It that was, was so fucking bad. <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna say that. I I was a guest on it at one point. It was bad. Same. It was, it was, it was bad. wonderful. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it no, it, it was fun. There were too many people on it. Um, but and and the episodes like were way too long. But <laughs> but you that ended and you were just like hey hey guys uh i really want to i really want to still do a podcast could you could you use a third host like could could you could you could, could i please join you guys i applied for the position <laughs> not as desperately as jd is making me sound jd jd's making me sound like please sir may i have some more like oliver nah. twist of yeah. podcast uh like, hosts. yep yep like JD is over here making it seem like I was like bet like physically like please sir save my life like oh god yeah you're um, you're in the hospital I'm the Avengers you know yeah, yeah I was thinking not, more like pledging a frat and and, uh, and matches yes sir may I have another oh my god <laughs> please sir may I have another uh, but <laughs> I was we, in a frat <laughs> what we wanted to do was we basically wanted to do ourselves a little recap kind of conversation about the premier league up to this point um there have been some interesting storylines there have been some interesting results um basically you know what i want to get it out of the way early justin is a manchester united fan i too am a manchester united fan so justin let's just let's 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 just rip the band-aid off um if a delete the club option was possible, I'd slam it. <laughs> I hate everything about watching Manchester United this year. Genuinely, realistically, it's terrible. It's just genuinely just not a fun time. Scott McTominay literally saved Man United from their fourth loss in six games. And Harry uh, Maguire. I'm not. I'm Don't not. Don't forget about Harry Maguire's bullet assist to Scott McTominay for the winner. It was amazing. He like like I I'll give I'll give Harry credit. I was I I gave him credit on the last episode. I will give him credit again. Hell of a headed assist. 
But, like, I genuinely don't think Harry Maguire was physically trying that. Like, I think, like, that's just what happened by accident. But, like... He thought he was in front of, uh... He thought he was in front of Manchester United's goal. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, I'm heading this back to the goalie. I got this shit. Like... Gareth uh, Southgate watched that. was, like, my captain. <laughs> because they set st- up in a three-back. That's why, that's why Harry <laughs> Maguire had to do well. That's my center back forever. Like, Gareth, <laughs> Gareth Southgate will die. And his final words are, put Harry at the center back position and then just flat lines. Like, that, that, that is what Gareth Southgate will do. But, Justin, it hasn't been good. It genuinely has not been a fun time. I'm not having a good time. Uh, are there any positives for Manchester United this season so far? Because I, I, I can't find any. So, yeah, like, you know, my, my dad uh, watches, you know, soccer whenever it's on and more of a union fan. But, you know, if Man U are doing bad, he'll text me and go, uh-oh, what's happening? And kind of giggle, even though he doesn't have any skin in the game and knows you know how to torture me like that. Um, there have been some positives, uh, despite the growing list of 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 negatives. Um, biggest negative being, um, did the like Manchester United change uh, training staffs in the off season? Because, dear Jesus. I, I can't think of more injuries to a starting 11 in reserves than I think I've seen in these first uh, eight games. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I was talking with JD about this. Like, I'm pretty sure nine of, like, eight or nine players off of the starting 11 squad are either injured, should be in jail, or said something mean about the head coach and now isn't allowed anywhere in the greater <laughs> Manchester area. Well, one of those guys I, I, is back. I, yeah, I, that was that was that was weird. With not, with with no information. Yeah, there's no information about that case, so that kind of has been a little weird. Um, Jaden Sancho is, is too busy moping. Um, I, I, I mean, I, to, he's got plenty of time to play video games now. Come on, it's all good. <laughs> he can go stream with Sergio Aguero. Ugh, bob it. Um. But despite all the all the, the stuff, you know, Casemiro uh, devolving into whatever he's been doing this season, um, Amrabat being played out of position, which if you didn't know he wasn't a left back, you wouldn't know, but he isn't. Um, Marcus Rashford going into, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer level of... Um, of of his you know form when if you remember those uh days the only real positive that i can think of well two mostly um one i can't believe i ever say this to johnny evans has actually him him signing him signing that contract for debt purposes actually has been helpful because of the injuries stop Okay, no, 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 Justin, stop. Okay, we're talking I, I, about thirty. We're talking about thirty-seven-year-old Johnny Evans. Like, no. You've wanted Phil Jones instead. Oh my God! Like maybe Phil Jones, maybe. Like I literally had 
this like joke with one of my buddies who's an Arsenal fan. I'm pretty sure like J- Phil Jones doesn't know where like the training facility is for Manchester United anymore. He hasn't been in the first team squad in like six years before he left. Did like, he actually retire or is he? I, he's, I know I think, he's left. I, don't know I think he's, he's a part of the coaching staff now for United, which is more <laughs> shocking because that means he does know where the training facility is. <laughs> like, uh, I. That was okay. That was mostly in jest, but I also I have been thankful for that. The one thing that I think started the season, people were because of the price tag were willing to write off, but I think Rasmus Hoyland has probably been one of the only bright spots. Yes. To this point, uh, and I think what really got him going was that kind of wild Bayern game. Um, listen, he had the, the knock, you know, coming from Atalanta, it was worse than they had thought. So he needed to have time. He looked good coming off the bench against Arsenal and he started to build up, you know, ahead of steam. He, you know, obviously because of the name, people are going to compare him to the other Scandinavian. Um, but I think. He has, you know, somewhat similar attributes in terms of his hold-up play and being able to get in behind. Um, he has created the most chances and and been kind of, you know, pressing like, you know, Ten Hag wants. I, I genuinely think he's one of the few bright sides because, again, Marcus Rashford has not uh, really shown up, which you don't, at this point you shouldn't need him to, but it helps when he does. Bruno Fernandez and Mason Mount can't be on the field at the same time. Um, and just, at this point, who's going to play on the other wing? Because it seems like Ten Hag really wants Garnacho coming off the bench. So, it, yeah, Rafa's at this point is like the only bright spot I can genuinely think of. The confidence is flowing. I'm telling you right now, if you're a United fan, it, there's no better time to be alive. Um, I, I'm going to bounce this over to Connor. So if I th- and I, I believe we've discussed this, Connor, massive, massive, massive Arsenal fan. What a time to be alive for you! Like fresh off the Man City result, uh, Connor. All, I was saying that Tottenham, I think, are the most exciting thing happening right now in the Premier League, strictly because no one anticipated what they could like what they have done, but like. Arsenal's big question, JD and I brought up Arsenal's big question this offseason was, can they take the next step to compete with everyone else? They've looked the real deal. They've looked like the real topic. So I I guess, like, I'm asking, like, as a temperature feeler, like, Arsenal fan, how are we feeling this moment? We're at the first, I think we're at the first international break. Is this the first international break of the year? Second. Second. How are we already at two? Second international break of the year. How are we feeling as a whole, like, for Arsenal Nation? Yeah, this international break hit hard. It's like, I feel like we just got over that first one. Um, I would say, as an Arsenal fan, this is probably as good as it gets because everything is falling into place. Like, the manager is good. We have depth. We have players that are staying like we've had a little bit of injury snags nothing crazy Saka going down recently that wasn't great it seems like he's gonna be you know pretty good for the long term but the biggest thing was 
if we wanted to win a title this season, we had to defeat the boogeyman, the boogeyman, Pep Guardiola, Man City. And it's just so much easier now that we got it out of the way, you know, in the first matchup against Man City compared to if we had to play him, you know, in like a do or die towards the end of the season game, um, you know, at the end of the year, similar how it was last year. It was slipping away from us. We come up against Man City. They smoke us. Holland's running free. Um, the one thing that I want the listeners to take away from an Arsenal fan's perspective is that William Saliba is the most important player in the Arsenal squad. And William Saliba is one of the best defenders in the entire world right now. The difference that he makes on the pitch, like I was saying on soccer heads, it's essentially like having a shutdown corner in the NFL. Like if you can have a guy that can man mark Erling Holland and consistently shut him down, Arsenal started to slip last season right when that Saliba injury happened. And it's just crazy seeing Saliba have the talent that he does cool on the ball. Um, so I'm super excited. And like, as a, as a soccer fan, there's multiple competitions, obviously, but if you don't celebrate and appreciate when it's going well, you know, what's the point? And it's like, we're at that right now with Arsenal. You go into every match, think, Hey, there's a good, you know, we're the favorites in this. And especially in champions league, like towards the end when we're in it with Arsene Wenger and we had Koscioni and Hector Bayern as our, you know, defensive line. And we we're going up against Bayern Munich and you just knew this is going to be a four, nothing loss and ended up being a seven, nothing loss. Now in Champions League, even though we just lost to Lens, you go into every match being like, hey, if we had to go up against Real Madrid, I think we'd compete. If we had to go up against Napoli, it'd be all right. So it's as good as it gets right now for Arsenal. Uh, Manchester United, it's tough for you guys. It's just insane the amount of players that Ten Hag's been able to bring in seemingly without um, like interruption from anyone else in the club. Like, even when Amrabat came in, I was like, oh, that's a great signing. Like, I saw him in the World Cup. He was great. And then I'm like, he managed Amrabat, like, a few seasons ago. I was like, that's unbelievable. He only uh, picks up guys that he's managed. Um, and Ten Hag looked like last season. He was kind of developing a culture. It seems like that culture is just a lazy press and disrespecting women. So, it's just tough. Uh, yeah, I... Uh... Say it louder for the people in the <laughs> Everyone's heard it. Like, I don't, I, and, 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 and genuinely, I don't think anyone's defending it. I was the first person. JD remembers, because JD's like, do you want to talk about it? I don't know if we should talk about it. The millisecond the Mason Greenwood shit came out, I was like, nah, we're fucking talking about it, and we're going to talk about this scumbag and how he should never be allowed to walk the planet Earth with other human beings. Like, auto-losers of the season is Getafe. Like, auto-losers of the season. Like, congratulations, you win loser of the year from the EPL boys. Congratulations, Getafe, and all your fans. It's Spain. They can get away with anything there. I'm literally going to be reporting live from Spain, and I'm just going <laughs> to walk up to people and be like, are you okay with hitting women? Are you okay with hitting women? Are you okay with hitting women? Like... Uh, it's going to be a, a day to remember music video. Disrespect your surroundings. It's the three strikes that you can do in Spain. Hitting women, <laughs> driving drunk and killing somebody, and tax evasion. Well, tax you can evasion do all of that in Spain. 
Like, dude, even Shakira got hit. Like, not Shakira. I thought those hips don't lie. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like. I'm... Man, Wesley Snipes would have loved Spain. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, oh. That's a that's a throwback to um, some. I don't know how what the age of uh, your audience is. I'm just I, I might be dating myself there. Uh, we average ourselves anywhere between JD and I's major demographic is people between the ages of 65 and 90. So, Let's uh, go. so no, that might no, just be a little, 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 little under there. So, right so we lie in the description and we just put your favorite, your favorite soap operas review podcast, and then people <laughs> just find their way here. Like young we and just, restless all day. We, Come on, we we run jag reruns all day. Jag, like, like jag and Matt, jag and mash. In yes. rain, <laughs> rainforest soundtrack as well. Uh, yeah, people fall asleep. Yep. Nope. That's that's. Come here to the EPO, boys. You get a little bit of everything. We're we're but... listening to the Shania Twain's greatest hits. <laughs> like when, when does know. when does the Price is Right theme song come on? No, we I unless Bob Barker's running it. That's not my Price is Right. Okay. How am I supposed to know to spay or neuter my animals? Like the Price is Wrong, Bob. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. That was movie gold. Like you really think about it. Adam Sandler fighting Bob Barker. <laughs> like Adam Sandler's really done it all. Um, Dom, Newcastle. It's been an interesting season so far. Very well in Champions League. Like I, I said this at the beginning of the season. Like, do Newcastle say fuck it? Whatever happens in the EPL happens in the EPL. But we're gonna focus all of our attention on Champions League. We're coming fresh off of a PSG victory. What's the temperature right now for Newcastle? Oh, we're we're doing great. I'm ecstatic. I, even in the league, I'm I'm happy. We're in eighth place. Like, I I don't think anybody realizes the the strength of schedule uh, Newcastle has had to start the season. Uh, we started the season against Villa, then Man City, then Liverpool, then Brighton, and then Brentford. That's our first five games. Like, and then we it, we had two. We had, but, but, two cakewalks in Sheffield United and Burnley and then followed it up with West Ham. So, I mean, we just started off the first five games are just really solid teams or the top four teams. So it's just, it's been great to see us in eighth place um, considering we had a draw against AC Milan and then absolutely annihilated PSG. Um, and, and the whole reason that we're doing what we're doing right now, um, it's because of Eddie Howe. Um, besides Pep Guardiola, I think Eddie Howe's the best manager in the Premier League right now. The, disres- I- the disrespect Damn. on Sean Deitch's name. <laughs> I will not stand for this. He's turning it around right now. Does your coach eat worms and put all 10 guys in the net? No. Not Matt, doesn't have to. Matt, Roy Hodgins, as you would say. Mm. Roy Hodgins, okay? <laughs> Roy Hodgins, okay? 87-year-old Roy Hodgins. Like... <laughs> When he was beating Manchester United the other week, an assistant literally had to walk up and go, just want to give you a quick heads up. You're currently playing at Old Trafford in Manchester. And then he was like, huh? What? Huh? <laughs> yeah, to oh. tap his fucking hearing aid. This like, is, oh, there you are. This isn't the home. How did I get here? Did he okay. try and fight someone earlier in the season? Like He, he like- did. That was... <laughs> That Dom's already leaked my moment of the season is when like 80 plus year old Roy Hodgins was physically trying to fight. Like, I think he was trying to fight 
Oh, who was he trying to fight? What's he, like was a Tottenham player. player or something? Was it a Tottenham player? I don't know. I, he like grabbed him by the arm or yeah, something like that. Yeah, like I, I the ultimate form. Like this is. Didn't Mortal Kombat just come out for like the 80th time? I want to play with yes. Roy Hodgins. I, like, dude, I, I saw that, and they changed it to Mortal Kombat One. Like, it's a, probably already a mod. Come on. It's a it's a it's a reset. I I'm I might actually get the game and actually I follow it pretty pretty closely. I, I, I would like a Roy Hodgins character, please. I would like Ultimate. I'm sure Roy there's Hodgins. a mod. For There'll be a mod. Like, um, but I mean, I, is anyhow really the the head coach? I mean, you never really see him. <laughs> When he's standing behind uh, Jason Tindall. Hey, it's just his buffer. It's just his buffer, man. He, he doesn't want to get any cards. That's what it is. I don't think I've ever seen an assistant coach more. He can't anymore. <laughs> yeah, they changed the rules. They, that, yeah, that's the Jason Tindall rule. I think yeah, they, they literally changed the rules because of him. Yeah, nah, I think that's why. He's, He's 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 got to be the best coach. Like, uh, besides Pep Guardiola, you can't disrespect Pep Guardiola. But I mean, just look what he's done with the squad. I mean, he took Joel Linton, turned him from a flop at striker, and made him a bona fide, you know, just all star sort of center midfielder. I mean, if you look at the four players who scored in PSG: Dan Byrne, Miguel Almiron. Freaking Sean Longstaff and Fabian Cher. Those are all players that were there that were fighting for relegation with Steve Bruce the two years before, except for Dan Byrne. I think Dan Byrne was um, one of the first signings from Eddie Howe, but still, he's like a 15 million um, signing. But all of those guys, it's just showing you what he does as a coach to raise the level of everybody that's already been there. I mean, he's made Jacob Murphy look like he's good. Like, I mean, there's that's, there's just that's a, that's countless players he's made. I mean, Dan Burns playing freaking left back. It makes no sense. And he, he looks great at it. So um, I don't know. I have a question about Dan Burns. Should he apply for Dancing with the Stars? Oh, he should. He should. They they should they should start doing um Fortnite dances in, uh, in Fortnite <laughs> for him. They should just have Dan, Dan Burns doing dances and then sell those dances. Am is I Dan, am, am, am I, am I too old character? to say that I don't? I, I what what Fortnite dances? My uh, my my. Nah, I, you know what? No, you're not alone. I I very much like my niece will sometimes do like here, Matt, check out this Fortnite <laughs> dance, and I'm just like, I'm gonna pretend like I know what's going on right now, but secretly <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Yeah, that's when people send me those kind of memes and or re- Instagram reels. I'm like, what is this? And then all of the like May Day parade ones come on mine, and then I send them to Matt, and I'm like, hey, Matt. This this is this is more our speed. Yeah, Justin, no, Justin guys, you act got... like you're not a nerd. You literally send me D and D memes all day. I'm a, you know I, I've never played D and D in my life. J- JD, I, I, I never I never said I wasn't a nerd. I'm just not with it with the TikTok uh, trends and and Fortnite dances. I literally I I, I have a very specific uh, Instagram uh, algorithm, which is uh, pop punk, metalcore music, and D and D stuff. That's about we're, it. We're literally losing our 65 to 90 year old audience right now talking about <laughs> this. We should probably we should, should probably stop talking about the Fortnite so we don't lose the audience. <laughs> but now let's 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 talk about some other stuff. I let everyone kind of talk about you know their team a little bit going so far. I brought up Tottenham before. On a scale of one to ten, and I and I will go around the room. How shocked are we that, like, oh, you currently look at the Premier League table and it's just like, oh, fuck, holy shit, it's Tottenham. It's the Dwight Schrute meme 
where it's like, huh, everything's good. It's like, fuck, where the fuck did you come from? I, I JD, I'll start with you. Uh, I've brought it up and we've talked about this. I'm still very, very much forward with Tottenham are the most exciting team in the Premier League right now. And it's weird. Look, how long has it been since we've talked about Tottenham in the season? Like, like every season they go on a run and we say, oh, Tottenham could do it. <clears throat> they never do. They just never get it over the line. And I, I, look, James Madison, one of the signings of the season. Don't get me wrong. He's a very, he's a, he's a class player. He can be a world-class player. I I think he needs to continue the way he's playing right now. And he will be considered a world-class player because he's coming from, you know, Leicester and and just, if he plays like this consistently throughout the season, I think he will be considered a world-class player, but it's the players around him where right now it's working, but we haven't seen it consistently work. Even when, you had a player like Harry Kane, one of the greatest strikers in English history. You still couldn't win shit. So I, I, I just, I don't know. Richarlison is not the answer, and that's what I'm getting to. Richarlison, well, he's a shit striker, and he's just the worst fucking well, yeah. player in the league. I, yes, yes, JD, that's that's not a that's not a uh, a, disc, a really up for debate here. I Matt, I will probably say I may have been one of the only people who is actually not terribly surprised by all of this um and it's mainly due to uh one of my good friends uh, uh beat reporter in, in in Tokyo and uh a fellow D&D nerd uh my buddy Dan uh who covers the J League and he I, I mean I asked him when Ange went to Celtic because Dan was like, because Ange was signing all these J League players, all the Celtic fanboys were getting in his his uh, his follows, and I asked him about Ange, and you know he said it like, listen, the guy's won everywhere he's he's been, he's he's done well. Uh, given some teams, he's had more money than others. Um, with Yokohama F Marinos, he did have some money. With Brisbane Roar, he had money. Celtic, so he's but he's done well with a system. I think getting rid of Harry Kane actually was best for his system. And that's what I wanted to actually ask the room. I almost wanted to be like, holy shit, Harry Kane left and they actually got better. I think it's, I think one, I I made the joke. What if Harry Kane was the, the curse on Tottenham and not Tottenham itself. Um, But if you look at his system, which is a typically a four, three, three, I think James Madison being central is a big key on that. I He was played a lot on the wings at Leicester, and I don't think that is his best position. He simply – he's kind of a – I want to say like a, a Regista attacking mid hybrid where he can stay deep and ping it long, or he's going to bring the ball up at midfield and just run down your throat. And – that frees up Huming San to really kind of just focus on just doing what he does best, which is getting in behind and and lashing at home. So the four three three that Angel loves to run, I think with the players he has, is good. I don't think you need a star striker with that. And I will say I'm I'm not oh, I'm surprised that immediately how well they started, but I'm not surprised that they're doing better than most people expected. 
and that's a fair shout. But Dom, I'll send this off to you. I'm yeah, Spurs, um, you, first place, man. It's it's just weird, right? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. And, and Justin, you just kind of like stole like pretty much what I was gonna say is because. I, I'm not surprised they're doing well. I'm surprised they're in first. Like, if I gave it a 1 to 10 scale, I'd probably say 4 just because they're in first. Um, but as far as, like, just let's, Ange, let's, like... Let's, no- let's also just clear up something really quickly. They're tied on points and goal differential with Arsenal right now. They are ahead on strictly the amount of goals they have scored. Well, either way, they're in first, so... <laughs> But I'm surprised they're in first. But I did I did see them competing for European spots this year because, like like Justin said, Ange, he runs at 4-3-3. I think it completely suits the players that he already had at the club at his disposal. And then bringing in James Madison just ties it all together. Um, if you look at Antonio Conte, he's running a completely different, you know, system. He's got everybody dropping back in defense. And that's just not, not the – well, okay, there you go, Matt. Wait, did my mic not mute? Nope. <laughs> That's just weird. My apologies. I thought my mic muted. I am so sorry. That is terrible uh, podcasting. It's okay. I, I was I was talking on my ass anyway. Um, no, but um, I just think that the players he has, it just fits much better. And you can clearly tell the players like him. And Antonio Conte, you could tell players didn't like him. You play well for um, coaches like that. You play well when it's like a, like a player's coach, kind of like everybody says like Sir Alex Ferguson was a – you know, players coach. I feel like Big Ange is that kind of guy that can like rally the players around him. And I think that's why um, you're seeing him off to such a hot start. Yeah. Yeah. It really seems like he doesn't complicate it too much. He's like, Madison, you're good at this. Do that. Son, you're good at this. Do that. He takes like all the pressure away in the press conferences. He's great with the media. You know, at the end of Conte's tenure, he was just saying, you got the vibe that he didn't even want to be there. And it's, it now seems like um, Tottenham was trying to, like, chase a big manager. They brought Mourinho in. Didn't work, you know, with Mourinho. It's like, this is a guy that's perfect for where they're at right now. A little bit of a transition period getting over Harry Kane. But, yeah, it just seems like I feel like managers try to complicate it too much. They try to bring in their system. They're like, this is the way it's going to go. Instead of being like, hey, I got talented players here. Let them do what they're good at, and I'll try to make it work, you know, for the starting 11. And that's what Ainge is doing right now. I, I think what what is good for Tottenham is bringing in a guy like Ange, where it didn't work with Mourinho because Mourinho is a hard-headed dickhead and with a huge pedigree. And then Conte is pretty much the same thing. Not the biggest pedigree as Mourinho, but, the biggest, uh, but pretty much the same person. And bringing in a low-key guy that has had success. I think that's the smartest thing they did. Yep. Where, yeah, it, it was kind of so always going to be good. I feel so bad for Harry Kane. If he goes to Bayern, and Leverkusen wins the, t- wins the uh, Bundesliga there. And then Tottenham Bayern's win, gonna win the Premier no, League. I, 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 that I would be unbelievable. They, they will. I, so the Bundesliga is probably one of the only uh, other leagues that I follow pretty closely. And Bayern's defense it, Kim and Jay was a good signing, but they don't have a mid a, a midfielder a midfield six to cover uh, over that. That Isn't Joshua Kimmich. He's there. Yeah, he is. But they he he wants to play there, but no coach really has has wanted to throw him in there. And I mean Leverkusen. I mean, listen, Victor Boniface is. I, I watched 
Europa League stuff with Union Saint Julois, and he was a he was a beast. And the fact that Leverkusen got him for a pretty reasonable fee, and he has been straight up bossing the the Bundesliga. I, I don't think it's as clear cut. And again, it would be hilarious if Harry Kane moves to a club that typically wins trophies. And they don't win a trophy. I'm just saying the memes write themselves. Well, uh, Leverkusen, that's where uh, Villa bought Diaby from, right? Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's a good transition, right, Matt? We're working on transitions. Yeah. And Javi Alonso's the best coach in the world right now. Well, yeah, Javi Alonso, Leverkusen. And, yeah, I was going to say, and then uh, Real Madrid will uh, yeah. snap him up when uh, when uh, Angelotti goes to uh Hell yeah. Yeah, no, by, Liverpool will get him. Yeah, by the way, Angelotti just got his master's degree. So, um, yeah, if you didn't think that guy could get smarter, there you go. <laughs> I see that. Um, Listen, the man is smart. He's cultured. Uh, like, what can't Carlo Angelotti do? Um, Lift his other eyebrow. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't need to. JD does so not one, need I, to. He's a one one eyebrow wonder. Okay, that's it. JD's like yeah, you, uh, you leave you leave that cultured man alone. You know what? Here's the ultimate test. Get Manchester United on track. There you go. If he can do that, he can do it all. Um yeah, speaking of transitions, uh Aston Villa being in fifth. Like JD and I did discuss at the beginning of the season that there were a few dark horses, West Ham, Brighton. Aston Villa was in the conversation, but Aston Villa have had some really Really, really good results this year so far. They're up there on goals scored with everyone else. 16 points. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, 16 points plus goal, uh, seven goal differential. JD, this is Aston Villa signing players like Diaby. I have apparently made comments that have angered people by saying Ollie Watkins is the best striker in the Premier League right now. But apparently everyone's throwing a fit about that. Aren't we, Dom? He's not. <laughs> yes. No, he's he's not. He's not. It's yeah, Darwin, it's Darwin Nunes. Come on. Okay, that's even but, more uh, ludicrous. JD, yeah, was, <laughs> it's even that's even worse. Well, it's, I can't say Holland because Holland is is different. He's not. Yeah, he's still the he, best striker. I know. I know, but not, he's not comparable to anyone else. Like that's different. We're talking about anybody but Holland. Julian uh, Alvarez is the best striker right now. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> As he plays right wing. <laughs> Who has two? past 90th minute goals to see the biggest club in England get a win. Yeah, that's right. It's Scott McTominay. Best striker striker in the world. I.E., you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Just Braveheart. Okay. He's just Braveheart. Mm -hmm. Like if Scott McTominay wanted to walk down the street in white and blue face paint for the rest of the weekend, I would have let him. Like you do you, Scott. But yeah, we're talking Aston Villa, we're talking West Ham, and we're talking, you know, we're talking those teams that are on the fringe right now. How are we feeling about those teams that are just outside the big six at this moment? And Connor, I'll start it off with you. You have teams like Aston Villa, Brighton, and West Ham all made big moves this offseason, all on the fringe. It looks like they are here to stay in this top four race. Yeah, I think one of the best things this season is that there's not just a two-legged race for the title this season. Tottenham's up there right now. Arsenal, Man City coming off, two losses. Um, So it has been fun. My top four prediction beginning of the season was a little wild. Uh, It was Arsenal 1, Man City 2, Newcastle 3, and Aston Villa 4. I think that Unai Emery is one of the best managers in the world. 
Um, Tottenham doing well. That's a little surprising for me, like we talked about. Um, but it's just crazy when man, like clubs have a set way of like attracting players, getting it. Like essentially, I'm just saying it's the opposite of what Manchester United does. Like they bought Telemans and Telemans can't even get on the pitch right now, which is a little surprising because I think he is one of the best midfielders, like young midfielders in the world, especially in the Premier League. He is class. Yeah. So that's, you know, interesting, but I'm big on Aston Villa. I think it's just going to rely on Ollie Watkins. Like if you want to be able to make a top four push, you need a striker that's going to score you 20 goals in a season. Like that's just, you know, step number one, if you want to, you know, be in the top four. Um, but yeah, and then teams like Brentford, Brighton, it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do. Like, it seems like when Ivan Tony comes back, it's not going to be for Brentford. He's being, you know, linked to Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, teams across Europe. So yeah, I think the biggest thing this season is the fact that it's not just going to be a two team race and we could end up seeing, you know, three, four, five, six teams, you know, towards the end of the season competing for a title. And that's going to be the best part in my mind. Uh beautiful it's beautiful dom a lot of teams on the fringe newcastle as well a team that got top four last year and is really looking to fight for that top four spot are you worried at all with teams like aston villa brighton and west ham all getting better this offseason uh i'm not really worried um we're in champions league right now so i'm really Um, big flex bro we get it like (laughs) no i'm just i'm just I, i can't be mad like I like I see you and how depressed you are. You guys are in tenth place, and you are absolutely depressed as a Manchester United fan. As a Newcastle fan, I've dealt with this for what 14, 15 years. I've been supporting the club. It's just been always, you know, fighting a relegation fight. So the fact that we're in eighth place right now, like I said earlier, um, with you know the teams we had to play to start the season, I, I I'm not too worried about. Um, I'm not too worried about. Um, um Brighton as much as I am about Aston Villa um I don't think Newcastle gets top four this year but I'm pretty sure this year fifth place gets Champions League as well in the Premier League mm-hmm. um if I if I if I'm if I'm correct but it's like at least a playoff yeah I think it's between Newcastle and um and Villa uh right now but I do I do want to say that I feel like Unai Emery once a team starts to get too good he just chokes out he just, he just does i don't know what it is he always he always fails once he gets good players so i'm waiting for that to happen and i'm banking on that to happen but um yeah villas look very good and the other thing about villa is i don't believe they've had any injury issues so far this year so if if they do get like a key player that does get an injury i'd like to see how they're um how they bounce back from that um because as you can see united's not doing too well um city's kind of fallen off once you know they lost Rodri. um so i'd like to see how villa handles that um as opposed to just having everybody available always <laughs> i'm gonna refocus the questions now i'm, I'm justin I'm, I'm gonna start off with you we're going to the opposite side of the table we're, we're talking about the bottom bottom of the barrel we got teams like Luton on four, Burnley on four, Bournemouth on three, and Sheffield United on one single point. Are there any surprises to the teams that you see on the bottom 
Um, are you expecting anything from any of these teams or are these going to be the four teams that are going to be scrapping it out on the final day? I, I mean, I, I really can't be that surprised. Uh, I, like, at this point, I think the the t- the teams that are, like, that got promoted this year, like, Burnley, I, like, people... We're like, oh, Burnley's high flying, you know, actors like, well, yeah, but that's the championship. And the Premier League is a much, much, much bigger animal. I mean, teams like you're going to have to really be bad to to get relegated this year. I genuinely think you'll have to be even worse than Luton, Sheffield and Burnley. So, at this point, I, like I, I'm having a, finding a hard time having thinking of teams that could actively be worse. Even as much as we joke about Manchester United, you know they're not going to get relegated. Like that's not even a legit concern. But for the Chelsea, team that, could Chelsea could uh, Chelsea no, Chelsea no, are, Chelsea aren't doing amazing, but they definitely have uh, flipped things at least somewhat around. But yeah, Luton, Luton, Sheffield, and, and Burnley, man, that is, uh, it's like uh, it, it's bad. It, it's just bad. I I can't even think of any other worse teams. So yeah, I think those teams are going to be scrapping it out all season long. JD, make your case on why Everton are going to fall down. Look, Everton have played a very close line to relegation. The last couple of seasons, and it, it's funny. It's funny to think about. Maybe this will be the time that this season. It, it sounds about right. Right when they're starting to build their new stadium, their four hundred million pound stadium. Wouldn't it be great? And uh, or to quote the Beach Boys, "Wouldn't it be nice?" Um, look, Goodison Park. No, no, sorry, Everton Park or whatever. Whatever they're naming that new stadium. Already got selected as a Euro 2028, I think, uh, or whatever. It was in the in the mix for the hosting like a Euros uh, game in like I think it's 2028 for when England host it. Wouldn't it be funny if Everton are like in the third tier when that happens? But they have this brand new nice stadium and they're hosting Euro games. Like it'd be great. Everton are dog shit. They will always be dog shit. And I'm not even, I mean, part of that is bias as a Liverpool fan, but they're also not a good team. And I would like nothing more than to see them relegated. And it it pains me to say that they've gotten some results the last few weeks, but you know, they're going to be in the relegation battle come the end of the season. They do it every season in recent memory. And I can't think of a player that they have right now that's going to keep them up if it comes down to like the final game or two, maybe, maybe Decore, but God forbid he gets injured or they fucking sell him in January because he's playing out of his ass in a shitty team. So that can always happen. I don't know. I just, I don't have high hopes for Everton. Like I, I just, time is coming up for them. They, they have waste. They have spent too long in the premier league. And I feel like them winning that relegation battle at the the end of the season, like that's such a high for your fans. 
and then you just go into the next season you're like wait we actually suck and it's just like maybe getting relegated figuring it out condensing making drastic changes is what you need like start over figure it out but because because you will be the best you will be the best team in the championship but jd but jd that's the thing though we talk about this with everton they seem to do just enough the biggest difference between them and the newly promoted teams is that everton does just enough like beginning the season like you know these games with being you know bournemouth like some of these wins are going to add up, and I just don't think the the, uh, the the promoted teams are going to be able to stream those kind of results. And it's going to come down close, like it's had the last few years, but they're going to do just enough. I, I I think every year we talk about it, and they do just enough to stave it off. I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't be building a 400 million pound football <laughs> stadium then. I if they're just barely surviving, I that's well, just me. I mean, I think that speaks more about. The, again, how the clubs know, run? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, kind of like with Manchester United, the toxicity from the top down is bled through, and it's clear that that is the case with, with Everton as well. I'd like to end the podcast on everyone kind of enjoying what is or has been their best moment in the Premier League so far this season. So I'm gonna go around the room, Connor. I'm gonna start with you. Not to put you on the spot right away. Uh, but off the bat, your best moment of the season so far. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have to be us beating Manchester City. Um, Going way back for that one, aren't you? Jim? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, recency bias there, but also extremely massive. Like, like I said, they're the boogeyman. We had to beat them. Um, but yeah, I think the other just like biggest aspect, like I mentioned, the fact that there's not one team that seems like is going to run away with it this season. Like we had, we had surprises with the Tottenham, the teams like you mentioned, Aston Villa, being being able to make a run at the title is going to be fun. It's going to see you know comes down to the wire. Dom, I'm going to throw this to you now. Your your favorite moment of the season so far? Um, are we talking like Premier League only specific or? Well, we are a Premier League podcast, okay. but I'll I'll let you no, talk no, no. about well, Champions League champ. Well, Go ahead. No, no, no. I, it, we all know it was the PSG win, obviously, but I'll talk about a different one. Um, it was uh, it was when we put eight past um, eight past um, Sheffield United. That was just that was absolutely, you know, Ooh. insane. I've never seen my team ever do that. And here's um, where I remind when Sheffield United beat Manchester United three nothing in January of what was it 2020 I think right. So Matt? that means so what you're saying is <laughs> when we when Newcastle plays Manchester United in the um, Carabao Cup it's going to be eleven to nothing is what yep. you're saying. That's okay, right. gotcha. I just like gotcha. to remind Matt of that score line. Every I figured. In Dom, um, the have, best. I have the a best thing. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say the best thing about that PSG win is the fact that because I keep wanting to say just oil money, and you're like Eddie Howe's the best manager ever, but his shirt's just too tight. Um, is the fact that they had all their old players score all those goals, like yeah, that well, negates the argument right there. Exactly. Well, and that's that's the thing I don't understand. Everybody's like, oh, oil money club, oil money club. I'm like, we've spent like three hundred million in like two and a half years. We really haven't spent that much, and I understand that we're spending that money because we are able to have owners that spend money. Now we had Mike Ashley who literally would invest 
you know, 15 million in a, in a good young player. And instead of keeping him, he'd sell him on for a profit. You know, it just, we finally have people that are actually investing in the club and in the actual, you know, city as well. And it just, it's showing. And that's why we have more money to spend is because we're in the champions league yeah. now. So, you know, I, I don't get the whole oil club thing. If anybody's ruining soccer or football, um, whatever you call it, it's teams like um, uh, Red Bull. No offense, Matt, but <laughs> buying up a whole minor yeah. league system of teams throughout the world. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the I mean, the, the as, as they've been called, the Piff Posse are buying up. Uh, they did buy up the top four teams in the Saudi league. And they are. So I yeah, that argument doesn't uh, genuinely hold as much water, but they are doing better with the money that they're spending. They're spending well and not going out landish but yeah. i'm kind of curious how much longer that will be able to happen because as teams find out you have money i, I mean the prices will skyrocket oh it, it already has <laughs> it already has people have already started doing that that's why we paid 25 million to get chris chris wood to try and fight off uh relegation back when he was with um burnley I think it was Burnley, right? I, I believe. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, like, I mean, people already started doing that the second we got the new owner. So it's it's been happening. We paid a little extra for Tonali, probably paid a little extra for Isak and Bruno. But it, it's just, you know, it's expected. But, you know, the eight goals, that's my moment of the season um, for, you know, as a Newcastle fan. Justin, I'm going to hand this off to you. Moment of the season so far. Hmm. That, that that is a is is a very good question. Um, it's not going to be a moment. It's going to be moments. Um, the the amount of apologies from Pugmole. Um, Ooh, you know, JD, JD loves this. JD, really, JD's already in love. I, can I say there have been what at least like fourteen apologies? I think in eight weeks. It, it like. Listen, I always try to give, like, no one wants to be a ref, and I get, like, it can be tough. But some of the decisions, and, and even, like, man, as a Manchester United fan, we got helped with the Onana call, because, my God, Onana... I don't know what you're talking about. That was a clean call all day, every <laughs> week. He was playing And, oh, by ball. the way, now that I think about it, Olivier Drew just has as many uh, clean sheets as Onana, because that was a clean sheet. <laughs> Onana was doing his best Manchester United average player... Just he thought it was a woman. I he he, he just thought it was his partner. Okay, and... can we can we end this podcast? I'm starting to get depressed. Okay, like. <laughs> but genuinely, I I will say I do love how many how many times the refs have had to apologize. Like, I, I I get that it's tough, and I get that decisions can be like can go bad, but some of them have just been so bad that you go you can't be serious. And so to me, like, as like it almost like it, weirdly finding it funny uh, to me, that is the highlight of the season because it just shows that even in what is perceived as the best league in the world, the refs can still massively fuck up big time. Yeah. And, and after the most recent apology, uh, it went really far to, uh, you know, uh, Kovacic on Man City. <laughs> oh, my God. I. Listen, I love good. I love hard tackles, but Jesus Christ, he should have. He could have been set off for either one of those. Yep. JD, your moment of the season. 
Let's end this. Let's end this on some fun notes. Well, I, I was going to joke before Justin went. I was going to say, it's like, you know what? My, my moment of the season is just the refs. They've done such a good job. Let's give them, let's give them, let's give them their, their credit. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, my my real moment of the season as a Liverpool fan has to be, and I'm sorry, Dom. I was That's I cool. was sit I was sitting next to you for this game, but Darwin Nunes scoring two goals late to beat Newcastle. Oh my God! It, it was just a, a a man down. It it was just fantastic football to watch, and and who better to watch it with than a Newcastle fan? It was just fun. It's all good. We didn't deserve to win, so I mean, if you, I mean, you yeah, give up, if you give up two goals in the last like five minutes, you deserve to lose. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was just and and the the butt bounce was it was that was that was that yeah everybody's been calling him Sven Buttman since so oh it was, it was Bobby yeah 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 it was Bobby yeah the the, the butt assist it, I, it was just that, it's it, fantastic it hit like, his heel and bounced Sunday? up off his butt it's like yeah. it's just. It's just pure dumb bad luck as to why was that, that was that the Sunday after the DC United game? Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes, because that's why I, I was. That's why getting, I was with Dom. Getting back home at like two a.m., waking up at ten, and I I texted Matt this. I I could not move off the couch because uh, when you get apparently you know you know your parents will tell you when you get older uh, that everything hurts. Well, <laughs> my back uh, I could not move. Oh, from climbing was, up and down those steps for the yeah. waist. <laughs> so I was stuck on the couch, and I'm texting Matt with that, and I'm looking at watching that game and going, "Wait a minute, isn't JD down in DC watching this game?" And I was like, "I was, I was comfortably at midfield with free tickets from a un, unspecified source." Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm surprised. Have. I'm surprised, uh, Justin, you weren't at the Screaming Eagles tailgate because every other fucking Union fan was there. No, I ended up taking uh, MTA from uh, I can't remember which stop down uh, to the the well, Nats ballpark. I don't, I, I don't know if you heard, but like I was, I felt okay, right? Like I'm dumb. I felt okay because I was with you and I was I met everybody beforehand. It was fine. I felt uncomfortable when the fucking union uh, away bus dropped everyone off at the the DC tailgate. <laughs> do, do you want to know? I why felt uncomfortable. I felt there? uncomfortable. There, there was no, there was no uncomfortability there because Screaming Eagles are extremely inclusive to everybody, and, and that's all. That's awesome. and that's why, like, you were like uncomfortable, and I, you were like, <gasps> and I was like, dude, this is normal. Like, we, we okay. accept everybody, like, and that's how it should okay. be. Okay, okay, it was just there were like more Union fans than DC fans. I was at, I was at, uh, where I was at Taps ninety nine uh, with my friends for a while before we walked over to the stadium. So yeah. I, that was that was a good time. I, I I definitely would do that. Definitely would do the train down uh, it again. Was a, it, it was a nice three-one win. I pissed off a lot of people around me at midfield, but uh, yeah, Matt. Matt, what was your highlight of the season so far? Ending this fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. That was that, <laughs> that is my moment of the season. Um, actually, legitimately, yeah, my moment of the season is getting on a podcast with four individuals who I genuinely enjoy spending time with because god i fucking hated every second of this actual premier league season uh (laughs) luton's first home game sure that was hearing jamie carragher and you know gary neville walk 
the away route to the seats. It's like, oh yeah, so cool. Yeah. It's, <laughs> this season sucks. Okay. Hot, the best season on earth starts today. It's, it's happening listen. right now with, with right the now. Phillies beating the shit out of the Braves. Oh, uh, well, no, no, oh. no, no. Bryce Harper oh. clutch. Oh. Excuse me. Excuse me. The best sport on earth started on Tuesday. But for me, it starts tomorrow. (laughs) Bryce Harper says hello. (laughs) Tell Bryce Harper to get a haircut and puts on some skates and be a real man. Um, (laughs) I would actually enjoy seeing Bryce Harper. I feel like he would be a fine hockey player. Um, He absolutely would be be an insane hockey player, but it'd be great. But I'm going to end this podcast because I'm done talking with all of you. Um, Thank you, every single last one of our wonderful listeners for once again joining us on our 250th episode. I can't thank you enough. JD can't thank you enough. Logan, wherever he is, probably can't thank you enough. Um, yeah, it has been a ride, JD. It's been super fun. Um, I guess let's do this again at 500 episodes. Yeah, oh, sure. 500 episodes. Well, no, no, no. So th- at 300, we should do another pop punk episode. I would enjoy a pop punk episode. Brian, we haven't done that in a while. I mean, listen, I did just buy my, I told Matt, I did just buy my tickets for the May Day Parade show in Philly in December. So I'm, I'm pretty fucking pumped. There you go. But yeah. Um, plugs. We got to yeah, plug everybody. Plugs. Yes. Yes. Uh, everyone around the bend, Connor first, where can they, where can the lovely people find you? The soccer heads podcast on wherever you get your podcasts and Soccer Eds FC on TikTok, Instagram. We put our clips on there. So that's where you can find us. Shout out to you guys for 250. That's crazy. Thank you, sir. Dom, the people want to watch you play video games. Where can they go? And open and open cards. Oh, yeah. and open cards. I'll keep I'll keep it short. It's on uh Twitch. It is Dom underscore one zero three three. Um, and then there's like little links on the actual Twitch where you can follow my Twitter, like, you know, where I'm going live and all that. And I will be making a TikTok to um, put some like more content out there. Um, so, yeah, just just find me there. And again, thank you guys for having me as always. All right. And uh, Dom, uh, as a present to you, when you give us the date and address for your wedding, we're going to also share that with our listeners so everyone can come. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hell yeah. Especially especially me. I'm just going to stand in the back just drinking Natty Light. Does this background fit the aesthetic? Or should we yes. try something different? No, this is perfect. We can get okay. married right here in virtual, <laughs> in virtual Skype land. Yeah, um, Emily and I can both be up here where I am. Yeah, we'll do that, actually, that would be the best wedding by far. Like, I went to the wedding, I had one beer, and then I closed my laptop and just put my pajamas <laughs> on. Um, Justin, where can the lovely people find you? Uh, I would say Deep by the River, um, but as some people may know, kind of taking a little hiatus. Um, but for if you want to uh, see soccer, beer, or D&D stuff, uh, I'm mostly active on Instagram at GoofyGoober26, um, where you can see me uh, be a giant nerd. And uh, if you're around Union Games, uh, as JD has, I uh, am also around, uh, uh, I am a Sons of Ben board member, and I volunteer at the tailgates. So I hand out, I love to uh, hand out Best the alcohol. Best bartender. Love to hand out the alcohol and uh, and shoot the shit. So if everyone, anyone's ever by, uh, come say hey. Uh, but uh, 
love MLS. love love the both of you and uh uh hope for uh 250 more at this point hell yeah who the fuck watches mls that's such a <laughs> is that the le- is that the league messi plays in no no no. that's that's the that's the mid-season tournament during the lamar hunt open cup oh that, that, that's over now right Inter-Miami yeah, like, didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, no. It's that's, over. That's my moment of the season. Inter-Miami <laughs> not making the playoffs. Okay. Uh, thank you to Connor, Dom, Justin, for JD, guys. My name is Matt. Be safe. Be well. We will see you guys next time. Peace out. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town.